What do the Mariners have to do in order to stay relevant in the American League playoff picture this week? How big was the loss of Tom Murphy? And do strikeouts really matter? We'll answer that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, September 18th, 2023. This is Tiding is also Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-D-O-N. You'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. This is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. Let's see what you want to know after a brutal weekend for the M's. We're going to start with Gregory here, who wants to know, is the only elixir for this horrible sweep at the hands of the Dodgers a sweep of the athletics? I really don't think two or three is enough right now. Yeah, on Friday's show, Colby and I both said that you needed to go at least three and three during the stretch against the Dodgers and the A's. And well... You're own three, so you should probably win the next three games. Uh, if you don't, you're going to be in a tough spot heading into that gauntlet going up against the Rangers, the Astros, and then the Rangers again. And this is not going to be a walk in the park for the Mariners. The A's, while they're still one of the worst teams in baseball, are playing a whole lot better. They're playing good teams really well. They're giving them a hard time. I mean, they just took, what, two or three against the Astros down in Houston uh, like last week. Uh, their pitching staff is performing a little bit better. Zach Geloff has been great. Uh, and the Mariners, most importantly here, are not playing good baseball, Coley. No, they've been playing bad baseball for uh, three weeks. And it's really hard to say right now that they're not, <clears throat> sorry, that they're not a bad baseball team uh, just in general because they have lost five of their last 19, or they've won five of their last 19, I think it is, five of their last uh, 20. I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, uh, but they're, they, they're bad. Like they've lost, uh, sorry, they've won five of their last 17, I believe is, is the technical, um, but they're bad. Like they're a bad baseball team right now. So do they have to sweep, uh, Oakland? Like, I guess in like the grand sense of things, because you have these last seven games against Texas and they've kind of become the only team you're chasing because you've blown all the other opportunities you've had. I guess technically no, but reality is yes, you need to win these games and uh, you kind of, you know, you you take wins however you get them, but like you kind of want to see them, I don't want to say dominate, but you want to see them play good, clean baseball, get the hits they need to get, uh, have the pitching staff go deep into games. Like you want to see them play good ball because we haven't seen that. Uh, you know, for pretty much the entire month of September. Uh, there's been a few games where they played well, but they've come up on the short end of the stick. Uh, and then, but then there's also been games where they have not played well, but they happen to be playing a bad team. And so they win Anaheim. Uh, so yeah, this team is uh, an absolute mess right now. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, the only thing you can worry about is stacking wins, but you're going to need every single win you can get because right now you're, 
like not even in the same league as Toronto and Houston based on how you're playing. So yeah, I think you do have to win all these games because you're a full game back of Texas. And in reality, you're two games back because they're probably going to have the tiebreaker on you. Now, again, because you have those seven games left against them, you know, you go five and two while well, you make that up. But what are the odds they're going to go five and two against Texas the, with the way they're playing right now? Not great. So, yeah, I think they do have to win these these uh, these three games against Oakland. Um, you know, depending on what Texas does, it's totally possible. You just need us. You just need to win the series. But uh, I think I would say this. If you lose this series, if the season's over, it's over. Yeah, like, it's you're a wrap. It's you're a wrap. Toast. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you have, will have successfully choked away your best opportunity to win to win the division in 20 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's a choke. OK, stop. You know. You guys were all so quick to make fun of, of Texas for choking, and, and they did. But if they get in and you don't, guess who choked worse? You did because you didn't get in, and you had every opportunity to not only win the division, you had three playoff spots up for grabs, and you had two-and-a-half game leads at least two times this month. You had at least a two-and-a-half game lead on, on that last wild card spot, and you've blown them both times, and now you're a full game back of Toronto. So, yeah, yeah uh, you need to win. And you need to beat bad teams. And this is the last bad team you're going to face this year. You have to beat them. And I think in reality too, you also just need to start playing better baseball. I I think you you need to win these games somewhat handily. You don't have to win them eight to nothing, but can you win them five to two and just kind of coast, you know, can you, can you play good defense? Can you get the big hit once in a while for the love of God? Can somebody hit a, can somebody hit a dang double in the gap with the bases loaded? Does every single run have to be scored on a solo home run? And we just, or we just pray to God that somebody took a walk and that like, you have to have better at bats. You have to pitch better. You have to play better defense. You have to run the bases better. You have to play better baseball. It's really hard right now to look at this team and say like, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs based on what? Cause they're the first team looking out right now and they do not look like they are like, yeah, even, they, like they could go 0 and 13 and I would not be shocked. Honestly, that's how bad they're playing right now. They yeah, so they have to go 9 and 4 over their final 13 and uh here to uh to finish at 90 wins and look, that's not impossible, certainly. Uh they're more than talented enough to to do that, but what have we seen over the last two and a half weeks that suggests that they're capable of doing that? Yeah. And that that's just that's just what it is, right? Um this is a great opportunity this series to get right. Right, the opponent dictates that out of all the other series that you have remaining on the schedule, that this is the one where you can get right, and it comes at the best possible time before you head into that gauntlet. You need to be able to feel good about yourself before you go into that off day on Thursday, your last off day of the season, and then head into you know that a really, really, really crucial series against the Texas Rangers. Um. Can we stop scapegoating Scott Service, by the way? This is on the players. The rotation needs to pitch better. The hitters need to hit better. That's just what it is. And we could talk all day long about, you know, having guys bunt and situational hitting and using relievers in certain situations and all that. But why were you in that situation to begin with? Right? Why are you in those situations to begin with? And really, the answer to that, for the most part, over the last two and a half weeks has been, either because your rotation hasn't put you in the best position to succeed or your offense has screwed around too much against a lot of bad pitchers too. 
So that's really what it comes down to. The, the players need to perform better. They are the ones that are choking this away, ultimately, at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really sad to see. It's been really frustrating to watch. All right, next question here comes from Michael. The Mariners have four quality young starters, 26, 25, 25, and 23, with years of club control remaining. Can you think of a comparable Major League staff in recent history? Assuming these guys stay healthy, how good could the staff be a few years from now? Uh, a comparable staff? Um, I tried thinking about this. The, the closest that I could come to, and this was more of an idea. It's not really how it actually played out, but this was the idea. Uh, was the, the Mets, the mid-2010s Mets with like Matt Harvey and Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard and uh, Zach Wheeler and Steven Matz, what those guys were supposed to be. It's pretty similar to what the Mariners have right now, but I can't think of a rotation that's built that was built like the Mariners that actually had the level of success that the Mariners rotation has had on on the whole, right? Obviously, they've been really disappointed in the last couple of weeks, but on the whole, right? Um, um, the pitching staff in Detroit had... Uh, Scherzer, Verlander, Porcello, Mister, oh, yeah. Annabel Sanchez, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and while you know Scherzer really didn't explode until the year after he left, he did. He did have a really good final year in in Detroit. Obviously, you know uh, we know how good Verlander is. Annabel Sanchez had a had a fantastic career. So did Fister. So um, I think that's the one that jumps to mind right now. I, I try to remember that 2017. Astros rotation. It had McCullers. It had Keuchel, but I don't think it had much. Um, I don't think it was four deep necessarily um, at that time. So uh, I think that I want to say 2012, 13, 14, some, somewhere in that range. That uh, that Detroit Tigers uh, rotation I think is pretty similar. I think that's the the mm-hmm. closest that comes to mind. Uh, what was the other part here of the question? Assuming these guys stay healthy, how good could the staff be a few years from now? I mean, I think we've already seen that on the high end this year when things have been really clicking for the wrist rotation. I mean, there are at least three potential Cy Young contenders in this rotation when they're at their best in Castillo and Gilbert and Kirby. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how good they can be. And I think that Miller and Wu can also have very, very good seasons as well. Um, I think the this rotation definitely has the potential to be the best in the league by far. Um, but again, that's if everyone's, if everything is clicking and if everyone's staying healthy, which, you know, health mm-hmm. and a rotation across the board, that's an incredibly difficult thing to accomplish. Uh, it's an incredibly right. rare thing to accomplish. You know, I mean, that's what made the 2022 Mariners so, you know, insane, right. And how we talked about all this off season, like that's probably not sustainable. Like that's definitely right. not something that you can count on. And lo and behold, that's been the case this year. Right. You also have to factor in the odds that one of those guys gets traded or yeah. falls off a cliff. But uh, yeah, I think all four of those young guys have at least at the bare minimum, their their ceiling is number three starter and a good one. So, yeah. and obviously we know Kirby and, and Gilbert certainly have higher uh, ceilings than that. So yeah, they could be really good. They have to stay healthy. They have to stay together and they do still have to improve though. I mean, they're not finished products. None of them are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they can be very good and, and probably the best in baseball uh, if they continue to develop and stay healthy. Yeah, the only finished product really in that rotation is Luis Castillo because he's you know been in the league for so long. But I think 
you know, there's still the potential for Logan Gilbert to get better. Uh, I think there's definitely the the potential for George Kirby to get better. Uh, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, etc. I, I think there's a lot of room for growth here, which is what makes this rotation so exciting at the end of the day, right? It's like they're already having great success, again, on the whole, not really talking about the last two and a half weeks or so, but on the whole, this team ha- or this rotation has really performed at a very high level, but they can even be better than that and more consistent than they've been over the course of the season as well. And I think that's very important. All right, we're going to ask, uh, we're going to answer rather more of your questions in just a moment. But first, a reminder this episode of the Locked On Marriage podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution for that. Just fill out our online form and one of our board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then they will send your prescriptions to one of our partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. The Mariners and the A's uh, begin a three-game series down in Oakland tonight. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Let's get back into your questions here on Mailbag Monday. Panky 827 wants to know, is Mike Salk out of his mind by saying strikeouts don't matter? For reference, 2022 M's K home run ratio was 1,397 strikeouts to 197 home runs for a 1,200 difference. Uh, 2023 pace so far, 1,605 strikeouts to 210 home runs. Uh, if the M's simply matched last year's total, doesn't it seem like a lock they win the division? I mean, maybe, but also I don't really no. care about the ratio between strikeouts and home runs. I don't no. think that really that really matters. Uh, but do strikeouts matter? Absolutely, they do. Absolutely, strikeouts matter 100% because most of the time when you put the ball in play, better things are going to happen than or at least you give your cha- yourself a chance of better things happening than if you strike out, right? I mean, yeah, there's the uh, instance where, like, if you hit a ground ball with a runner on first or whatever, and you you generate two outs instead of one, yes, that is worse than uh, a strikeout, right? Because a strikeout is only one out, but also there's a chance of driving in a run on a double play as well. Uh, so just generally speaking, yeah, put the ball in play, and you're putting yourself in a better position to succeed than striking out i think that's you know common sense also i mean if we look at the last few world series winners 2022 astros had the second lowest strikeout rate in the league uh the 2020 dodgers had the third lowest strikeout rate in the league the 2019 uh nationals had the fifth lowest strikeout rate in the league the 2018 red sox had the third lowest strikeout uh, rate in the league and the 2017 Astros had the lowest strikeout rate in the league. The only outlier here is the 2021 Braves who had the ninth highest strikeout rate. But again, there is evidence that suggests that if you don't strike out as a team, you're going to have success, that you're going to be able to get into the postseason, that you're going to be able to make a deep run into the postseason and, you know, possibly compete for a, for a championship. Uh, yeah. Strikeouts are bad, right? That's all of this is to say that strikeouts mm-hmm. are bad. If you're an offense, they're certainly not ideal. Uh, I don't, I didn't hear the, the context of which the original statement was made. So I, I don't know exactly, 
um, you know, in which way he was referring to. But I, what I will say is that strikeouts can be a little bit overrated. Um, there are certainly times where strikeouts don't matter. Like runner on first, nobody out. You strike out, fine, whatever. Bases loaded, nobody out. You got to put the ball in play, right? So there's certainly times. Not every strikeout is as bad as all the other ones, but like, right. just listen to the listen to this list. This is the list of players. Uh, these are the let's see, two, four, six, eight. These are the eight players with the lowest strikeout rates on the Mariners. Tell me how I would group most of these guys together. Dom Canzone, Sam Haggerty, Ty France, J.P. Crawford, Tommy Listella, Colton Wong, A.J. Pollock, Jose Caballero. One good bat in that entire list. One. So is Dom Canzone a good hitter because he doesn't strike out? Is he a better hitter than J.P. Crawford because he strikes out less? No. So I, I think the thing that you have to be careful with is that you can't say that strikeouts don't matter. Because striking out is the worst thing you can do in baseball because you didn't give yourself a chance to get on base. Um, are all strikeouts bad or all strikeouts created equal? No. Is the team that has you know the lowest strikeout rate, are they going to win the World Series every year? No. I think the bigger issue right now is that Seattle really uh, is missing some power from some obvious spots they need power because Ty France is going to finish the year with 12 home runs if he's lucky. Gino's going to finish with under 25. Those are two massive power spots that you need to get more power from. They're not getting any power from left field either. Those are three spots where you need to generate home runs and they're not. So do, do strikeouts matter? Yes. You, you want to avoid strikeouts. Sure. Are they like the easy fix all like, Oh, well, the marriage just struck out less. They would win this division. No, no, that that's not how that works. So I would say no. And the idea that they would just easily win this division if they struck out at the same pace they did last year, I disagree because the pitching hasn't been good. Like it's not just one thing. You can't just say this team sucks because they strike out. It's not that because if they were running these strikeout rates, but they were still putting up five, six runs a game. Like they were in August. Would anybody care about the strikeouts? No. Sure. Um, yeah, I would say individually speaking, strikeouts don't matter as much. But if you're talking about a team as a whole and if you're talking about situationally, because, again, strike uh, not every strikeout is created equal. But if you are, again, if you're striking out a lot with like the bases loaded or runners in scoring position with you know less than two outs, right, that has a trickle down effect on the other at bats, right? If you have bases loaded, nobody out and the first guy up strikes out, then that changes the complexion of the next at bat, which is bases loaded one out. And if that guy strikes out, that changes the complexion of the next at bat, which is bases loaded two outs. So, yeah. So in those situations, absolutely. And again, I think, you know, just on the whole, if a team strikes out a lot, yeah, it does hurt your chances of having a healthy, productive offense because I feel like that, you know, and I don't, I, I haven't done enough research on this to, to really support this, but I feel like that does lead to more unsustainable or or, or a reliance on more unsustainable production or unsustainable uh, methods of run production. Um, Because you just really, the name of the game at the end of the day is put the ball in play. You got to put the ball in play, especially in key situations when you have runners in scoring position. And I'm just saying that if Ty France had hit, hit, you know, did what he did last year and hit 20 home runs and Gino has hit 30 like he did last year, we probably changes a lot too. Yeah, we yeah. probably don't notice. Like, why is it you have to strike out less? Why is it not you have to hit more home runs? Right. right. So I think that also has a factor. And so it offense is tricky. You just can't build a team full of guys who don't strike out because 
you might not have enough power. You can't just build a lineup full of guys who are going to hit 30 home runs because you're probably going to strike out 40%. Like you can't have Joey Gallo and Gerard Dyson and build a team out of those guys and expect those teams to be good. There's a, there's a balancing act here. All right. All right. Next question here comes from MC square. How big of an impact do you think the loss of Tom Murphy was Uh huge, huge? Um, I don't think it can be overstated, really. I, I think it was a massive loss to this team because he uh, was hitting very well. But really, most importantly, he was able to get Cal Raleigh off of his feet now and then. And Cal Raleigh looks like he is going through it. I can't even begin to count how many times I've seen him wince in pain as he gets hit on a comebacker <laughs> you know, behind the plate. I think it's been like five or six times over just the last week or two. Uh, he's getting beat up back there and yeah. on top of that he's you know being asked to to go out there and perform at the plate as well as one of the better hitters in this lineup he's being relied on to be one of the better hitters in this lineup on top of being a, a great catcher it's uh yeah uh it's honestly no wonder that he's struggled as of late really i mean he's he's right. going through it he's putting his body on the line just like he did last year as well with you know playing through the broken thumb and all that stuff um, you know, I know at a certain point there's, there's no excuse. You got to perform at the end of the day, but, um, yeah, I think the loss of Murphy really did hurt you in a pretty big way. And plus, you know, from a leadership perspective as well, that's one of the main leaders in that clubhouse. And I know that those guys, you know, hate that Tom isn't around right now. Sure. Um, it certainly hurts and it's, it's definitely time for Luis Torrens get to get a start probably tonight against Sears. Um, the lefty, probably a pretty good night to get Terrence, you know, his first start yeah. of the year. Uh, but one thing I, I do want to address here, um, I think it's going to be very important for us, um, not just you and I, but just the the community in, in general to really differentiate if this thing does go sideways. And I would argue that it already is going sideways. We're in the middle of it, uh, not the end of sure. it. Um it's going to be really important. I think that we look for, um, <clears throat> we, we don't try and, and like insert excuses into why the Mariners season fell down the drain instead of reasons. Like, and it seems like that's like a very narrow margin, but like saying like they lost their backup catcher. That's why they, they t- fell no, in the tank. No, no. That's an excuse. That's not an explanation. Right. Uh, saying like, well, the Mariners starting pitching went into the tank and that's when the team started to struggle. That's an explanation, right? So hmm. let's just be careful as, you know, maybe maybe they go on and, and they win, you know, like you said, they go nine and four or whatever down the stretch and they win 90 and they get in and and then we're not even talking about the first couple weeks of September. That would be incredible. And maybe that hmm. happens. Um, but if it doesn't, I, th- I think one thing we really have to protect against uh, in, in our conversations is, uh, no excuses, explanations, right. not excuses. So saying, yeah. you know, did Tom Murphy losing Tom Murphy? Is that like the thing that stopped? No. Did it no. hurt? Yes. It's a, it's yeah. It's a contributing factor, right. but it's, it's definitely not the, the, the main, no. it's not the top. It's not one of the top five reasons that this thing fell apart. If it does ultimately fall apart. Right. Explanations, not excuses. Just remember that over right. the next two weeks. Right. 
All right, we got a few more questions to go over here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Sleeper. All right, folks, the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Pick more or less on stats for your favorite players like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to a 100 times payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right and you could win big, my friend. If things didn't go well in your home league this year, no worries. You can still salvage the fantasy baseball season over at Sleeper. There you can pick the players you want and call your shot. And when you use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, you'll get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the A's tonight on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with Sirius XM. Let's get back into your questions here. Got one here from Scott uh, who wants to know, uh, do you have any data on the M's ability or lack thereof to bunch hits together? Seems like that is a major offensive issue right now. It's like a one or maybe two hit inning, but when there's multiple innings like that, we're not plating runs need to get hits together uh no i personally don't have any data on that um i don't know if colby does we'll get to him in a second but generally speaking yeah you need to string hits together and i think you know i test wise yeah that has been a, a pretty big issue for the mariners um it's you know again like i haven't seen what their bases loaded numbers have looked like in a while I know that, you know, Ryan Devish and, and those have posted the numbers where it's like, hey, they're actually pretty good with bases loaded. But lately, that certainly has not been the case. I mean, they've lost a couple of games because of their uh, lack of execution <laughs> with the bases yeah. loaded and, and fewer than two outs. So, yeah, situationally speaking, the Mariners have been very poor. Um, and, and so that has to be something that improves. And again, that goes back to the whole strikeout conversation, right? They've been striking out a lot with the bases loaded and nobody out or with runners in scoring position in less than two outs. They have to put the ball in play. You have to put the ball in play. That's because, look, if you put the ball in play and you ground out, whatever, I don't really care at that point, right? At least you put the ball in play, right? That's just baseball. That'll happen. But when you strike out consistently and when you're striking out and you're swinging and missing on bad pitches and putting yourself in unfavorable accounts and unfavorable accounts, that's what really gets me. That's what really pisses me off. And the Mariners have done that far too often. They do not put themselves in the best position to succeed in those situations. So, yeah, that's something that they have to fix. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if it's just get better players. I don't know if it's something, you know, philosophically uh, with the organization. I don't know. I don't know. That's only something that Jerry DePoto and Scott Service and those people know. And that's only something that they can fix. Uh, but, yeah, Colby, thoughts? I mean, the players can fix it too by doing their well, job. Well, the players, but, players too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I don't know because I, I know the numbers say that the Mariners are pretty good with the bases loaded. They're pretty good with runners in scoring position. They're pretty good with runner on third less than two outs. Like I, I know like statistically they're they're good at those, but it does seem like they've had more opportunities this year in those spots. And so maybe that's why it seems like they failed more in those spots. But make no mistake, the Mariners – aren't dire straits right now because JP Crawford, Julio Rodriguez and Teoscar Hernandez struck out with the bases loaded in the eighth. And, um, you know, Teoscar couldn't do it again in the 10th. He, he had bases loaded two outs chance to walk off the game and he couldn't get it done. So, hmm. um, you know, it it seems like the at bats are getting worse. We see them, 
you know, do yourself a favor. Don't don't watch game day as you're watching the game uh, because you'll see a lot of pitches down the middle of the plate that they'll swing through or they'll foul off, they'll miss it, and then they'll expand the zone and they'll chase up at, at their eyes and or, or they'll pop up a, a hanging curveball in the middle of the plate. They're all pressing right now. They're all really bad right now. Um, so that's part of it, and I don't know how you fix it. I, I mean, how how do you fix it? Because yeah, it's it's either a mental thing right now and guys are trying to do too much or you don't have a deep enough lineup and maybe it's both. I, I think a big part of it is you don't have a deep enough lineup. And the reason you don't have right. a deep enough lineup is that Ty France and a Eugenio Suarez have been really bad, particularly in the last couple of weeks, they've been bad. And those guys are supposed to be hitting three, four five for you. And you're just yeah. putting more stress on everybody else. Dom Canzone hasn't been very good recently. I know people love him, but he has not been very good. No. Josh no. Rojas, not been all yeah. that good recently. Like Mike Ford yeah. is probably your third best, fourth best hitter right now. That's, That's a, problem. a problem. Yeah. That's a huge problem. So oh. um I, I think it's just that the lineup's not deep enough because you have veterans who have done, you know, X, you know, for the for the last five years of their career. This year they're coming in and they're doing X minus 20%. Yeah. Like I, I think that's the biggest problem. So I, I don't have any data for you on that, but just watching these at bats are getting worse and worse. Uh, the deeper hole, the deeper the hole is dug. And to me that says that is some kind of like mental, like you're pressing and you're, you're trying yeah, to be the guy. Uh, and it's just, instead of just staying within yourself and, and doing what you need to do, uh, you're trying to be, you're trying to, you know, play hero ball, so to speak. And yeah. Um, well, this yeah. is what I, mean, I warned against a couple of weeks ago, back when they, you know, they lost a couple of games. Uh, don't they, let you it know, snowball. They, don't let it snowball because now guys are going to start to press because now you get panicky. Guys are going to start to panic a little bit. Doesn't mean the whole team is going to, but there are going to be at least a couple of guys that feel like they need to do more than they really need to do at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think we're actually starting to see that play out. I mean, I don't know for sure, right? I'm not in the clubhouse. I'm not in those guys' heads, right? So I have no clue. But it does come off that way. And common sense would say that, yeah, when things are going poorly, when you, because it's not not just us, right? Like the players know like that this thing is falling through their fingers. <laughs> like that they had a great opportunity. And now they might end up watching the playoffs from home because of what's going on this month. That because of that, they're, they might, <laughs> you know, be pressing a little bit. They might be a little too in their head. And again, I think we're starting to see that play out a little. Anyway. All right. Uh, two cups of right wants to know, would you swap Leon and Thornton for Baroa and Carlson right now? Sam Carlson? He's not pitching like higher than IA right now. No. No, not Sam Carlson. Um, Baroa, yeah, I think Baroa for Leon is a no-brainer. I Look, I I know Baroa hasn't been, you know, what they wanted him to be this year uh, down in AA, but can't be much worse than Dominic Leone, who's given up, what, five home runs now since joining yeah. the team? Four home runs since joining the team? Gave up another mm-hmm. one yesterday to James Altman? Like, it, it's this has been a week and a half overdue, moving on from Dominic Leone. I would take literally anyone. I Hell, give Colby a spot on the roster instead of Dominic Leone. I don't, I don't care at this point. I honestly think I'd be less likely to give up a home run because these guys haven't seen 68-mile-an-hour heaters in a long time. Now give me three weeks, I can get up to eighty. I promise you that. Right. But like that's right. probably where I max out. Right. Um, well, I think probably get up to eighty like once before I blow my shoulder out. I haven't played catch in a while. But I went uh, to the arcade a couple of weeks ago. I did one of those like speed pitching things, and I you know uh, topped out at sixty six. 
There we go. It's not bad. I mean, like, you know, considering like that you're not playing regularly and all that stuff, like, you know. But I, I haven't done anything athletic besides like walking. And yeah, sure. <laughs> like, same, same. Yeah. Um, side note, Ty, congr- that, congratulations. Your right-handed now is just a little bit higher than my left-handed when I was 18. So <laughs> I used to, I threw 60 miles an hour left-handed in high you're school. Pat, Pat Vendetti? No, no, I'm not. But I, I could crank it up to 60 because I used to throw left handed sometimes. Just, That's crazy. Just in case I hurt Did my right arm, I like to throw left handed. And it's like, oh. like, I like I could throw it in your general like direction. But in terms of accuracy, yeah. but I, but I could not do man. anything. I could not do anything left handed. I am stupid yeah. trying to do anything left handed. Yeah. It looks yeah, so I could throw 60 left handed. I could throw back in high school when I was playing every day. I could throw about 80, 81 right handed. Um. Go. Yeah, so not to brag, but, you know, no scouts were interested. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that, obviously, uh, Barroa is kind of the guy. Uh, I, I think you need some swing and miss stuff in this bullpen, and, and you're just not getting that from um, Leon in particular. Bizzardo's been better uh, his last few times yeah. out, but, you know, he, they've used him multiple innings for a few times. He's probably not available for the next couple of days. I think you should probably make a move there, too. Uh, mm-hmm. but not with Carlson. Carlson hasn't pitched above high A ball. And while he's, he's figured some stuff out, there are some, let's just say non baseball related reasons why he wasn't moved up at all. And, and why he's sure. probably pitching for a different organization, uh, this winter as he's a minor league free agent. So yeah, there's some, let's say maturity issues there, uh, that the team's concerned with. Uh, one guy that I think might be worth, you know, calling up, uh, maybe Casey Sadler, you know, it, it's, yeah. he's throwing strikes. He's progressing. Uh, it's 91 to 93 with a fastball, but he does have a cutter and a pretty good curveball. He's not high leverage, but you know, in that middle inning spot, like, you know, instead of going to Saucedo or instead of going to, to Campbell in the, in the fifth or sixth, because you don't trust Bizarro or Thornton or, or uh, Leon to pitch in the spots they should pitch in. Maybe Sadler's that guy. And you know that he works well in the clubhouse. You know that he, um, you know, you can trust him, you know, relative to those other guys. So I think maybe it's time for Casey Sadler to get the call, yeah. um, which is not something I wanted to say a few weeks ago, but that's the situation we're in. So yeah, I think Sadler and, uh, I think it should it's be Sadler. almost as if you should have added another arm at the deadline. Yeah. Who would have ever saw yeah. or said anything about that? Yeah. But anyways, yeah, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> Not, not relitigating yeah. that again. Um, but yeah, I, I think love being would... called an idiot for saying that, hey, Mark Canna could help you. Mm-hmm. Gee, mm-hmm. I wonder what Mark Canna is doing in, in Milwaukee right now. Well, anyway, it's okay, let's, uh, Ty. Let's move on. Dom Canzone is putting up an 80 WRC, plus, but he does this every time he does something. So it's a great trade. He's epic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually do like Dom Canzone, but I know. do too. But yeah, like you people are making me hate him because you won't acknowledge that he's not a good major leaguer right now. Just accept it. He's he's reality is best. right in front of you. Anyways. He's average at best right now. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And as we say this, he's gonna go off the series, by the way. Just like that so. is a guaranteed now. Like that's guaranteed now. I Absolutely. really hope so. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so too. Honestly. Uh I would love for anyone on this team to make me look like a giant moron uh the next few days. All right, next question here. We're already at 35 minutes. We need to wrap this thing up. But uh Jace wants to know, regardless of whether or not uh the team makes the playoffs, will the front office 
learn their lesson from this season and go more aggressively after good bats and future free agency and trade in the future. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope that they go after good players <laughs> and that they acquire good players. Yeah, I would love for my favorite baseball team to acquire good players. That'd be great. Uh, yes, please do get aggressive. Please absolutely mm. get aggressive. Please do not avoid free agency like the plague if you think that there is a good fit out there for you. Uh, but this isn't a, uh, to, like at least as far as free agency goes, that to me still isn't a Jerry DePoto, Justin Hollander issue. That is a John Stanton issue. Is he going to be willing to spend the money, right? Is he going to restrict DePoto and Hollander heavily? Are they going to have to account for that? Because that's ultimately why, right? Or at least in theory, that you would be so heavy on the draft develop trade thing. Obviously, that is a thing that, that has worked for a lot of uh, teams, but still, even those teams are not, um, they don't avoid just outright going after certain free agents that fit. They've been so, supplemented. Yeah, so so supplement your roster, at the very least, supplement your roster in free agency. Not asking for Shohei Otani, not asking for Cody Bellinger. Would love those guys, absolutely. Would be more than like i would be over the moon if you sign one of those guys obviously for obvious reasons but don't be afraid to supplement your roster via free agency don't be afraid to spend the 12 million dollars on a one-year deal or whatever it takes to sign x player mm-hmm. right don't be afraid mm-hmm. to do that and if it takes you know michael morales and axel sanchez to go out and get you a reliever that helps you more than edward bizardo next year do, do it. it do it without hesitation right um, I, I would say I hope the lesson that was learned, particularly at this deadline and last winter, is that trade prices are not what they were two years ago. Everything is more expensive. Accept that reality and be willing to pay the freight because you've done the hard part. You've built your core. Julio, JP, the four young pitchers, Cal, like you have yep. your core in place. And all those guys, like in, in general, like if you know, if you hit or misses hit or miss months or, or weeks here and there, but all those guys in your core are having really good years. Cal's having a good year. JP's having a good year. Julio, Kirby, Gil- Gilbert, Miller, Wu. Like they're all having good years. Castillo, like, so don't be afraid to go supplement. You don't necessarily have to go get another core player. Be great if you did, but yeah. you can't just sit here and be like, oh, well, this year's JD Martinez wants 15 million, but he's willing to take 10 from the Dodgers. Like, why would we pay a 50% markup? Because you have to. Yeah. Like, and Sorry. don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to give the extra year. Really, don't be yeah. afraid to give the extra year. At this, point. I just and part of that is is that are you afraid to give an extra year because Stanton won't swallow money if you have to trade the guy at the end of it? Well, well, and that's so. the thing, right? I, I I don't think that Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander are just outright like, yeah, I I just don't want the extra year. It's no, it's because we have to plan for the next five years rather than just this year. What makes us? You know, right. What is the immediate gratification here? We want the immediate gratification screw what happens down the road right um and again, like they do have to account for that and if stanton is restricting them in some way over like a five-year window then yeah they just have to work within that right they there's nothing else they can do about that they can beg and plead and all that stuff with with stanton for him to you know help them out a bit more but if he's just not willing to do that they just have to play by his rules essentially yep. so this so ultimately gotta... all falls on Stanton at the end of the day in the offseason right. we we really have to go, but I do want to say one yeah. last thing. And then Ty, when I finish this sentence, you go to rap. Okay. Yes. No adding yeah. on. Yes. Okay. Be careful this winter because they didn't give an extra year to a guy saying like, oh, that's because they're cheap. There was nothing wrong with the Mariners not giving Mitch Hanniger the third year. 
that he wanted. There's nothing wrong with that. That is a calculated risk. That is not cheapness. That is a risk. Just be careful. Not every time, every time they don't come up with a deal isn't because they're cheap, even though the deal seems reasonable on paper. Sometimes they just don't like that player or there are legitimate concerns like health. And by the way, Mitch Hanniger's missed most of this year again, unfortunately. Right. Context is very important. That's the only thing I'll add. Anyway, yep. let's get out of here. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. I've been your host, Tadding Gonzalez. Colby Patnode and I uh, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You're distracting me with doing that. Uh, you can follow me at Dan Gonzalez, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.